This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. We are so lucky and fortunate that we are able to spend some time with our next guest. He's back with us, Bishop T.D. Jakes, chairman of the T.D. Jakes Foundation. He's the pastor of the Potter's House. That's a non-denominational American church down in Dallas. He's an author. He's an entrepreneur. He's an educator. He was nice enough to spend some time with us earlier this year. Back then, we were talking about education. Bishop Jakes, I don't think any of us could have anticipated what would happen between us seeing you then and talking to you now. First of all, how are you? How are you doing amid all this? I'm doing real good. Of course, we're in the heat of the storm down here in Texas, but um, so far we've been doing pretty well. And thanks for having me back on. I'm really honored. Well, tell us about that a little bit, if you if you don't mind. We've been, you know, talking to so many guests around the world, around the country, though, in particular, about what they're seeing, especially when it comes to the virus. Tell us about the impact that's having on the communities that you're so familiar with. Well, I, I can put it this way. In the last two and a half weeks, I haven't had a day go by that I haven't gotten a call that somebody died. Hmm. Uh, so uh, being a pastor, you get a front row seat at, at, the, at the final services. And uh, so it, it is disastrous right now. Uh, the numbers are really high. The death rates are escalating. Uh, uh, again, black and brown communities are disproportionately hit. And so that trauma from that hit is felt uh, very strongly amongst clergy because there are people that we know or related to people that we know. And I literally haven't had a day go by that I haven't gotten a phone call like that. And so... I don't, I mean, this is a tough question to answer, I, I know, but what do you say to people, Bishop Jakes? I mean, you're having these conversations every day. It is, what is your message to, to them, especially given exactly what you said, that disproportionality here, that this is affecting, uh, you know, black and brown people at a much, much higher rate? That, that is just inarguable at this moment. I think that we cannot rely on our elected officials to make the determinations for our health and well-being. Given that we're disproportionately affected, we have to be disproportionately careful. And I've been telling people uh, just to distance themselves, uh, to use common sense, to avoid close gatherings and celebrations. We have a tendency to think that if we know people well, they ought to be safe to be around. But that's not true right now, and it's a new normal. And it's requiring a discipline that we're not used to, but it's necessary in order to keep uh, our well-being up. And then uh, I've had several people that have contracted and recovered. So, you know, on the good side of it, we are seeing some recoveries and some success stories. But I, I think there's a great deal of apprehension in Texas right now as it relates to the broadness and of the far-reaching effects of this particular pandemic. I do wonder, too, how you see it, um, Bishop Jakes, especially since, you know, Jason and I talk, you know, we're in 18, 19 weeks of lock, lockdown, essentially. For the most part, we have been at home almost exclusively um, as our offices have yet to really reopen here in the, in New York City. Uh, it's a slow move back. But I do wonder, are you a little angry that, you know, there was a lot that we've learned through what happened with the virus on the East Coast that we could not or should should have been smarter as a nation especially when we know, as you said, those communities that are disproportionately affected, you know, that we could have been smarter in slowing the impact, reducing the impact that we're now seeing play out in Texas and other areas, certainly there in the South and out in the West. 
I, I have survived a, a, a lot of catastrophes. I was deeply involved with Katrina and, and a lot of things. It's hard in real-time speed to to really aim at, at who's at fault and, and where to place the anger. Yes, I'm a little angry, but exactly where all the place of anger, I think, is, is another issue. Uh, we would have loved to have had stronger national leadership on this issue. And even on a statewide level, I think we could have opened up a lot slower than we did. Uh, but, but I couldn't control that. And so in a situation where we can't control the outcomes of the political terrain that we're facing right now, we have to be the CEO of us and make the kinds of decisions that are strong and wise for yourself. Uh, even as it relates to children going back to school, you, your parents are going to have to step in and make final decisions because right now there's so many mixed messages. Nobody knows exactly what to do. So, Bishop Jakes, uh, I'm so glad we're getting to talk to you, and, and it's overdue in part because you were one of the first folks I thought of, you know, as we started to go through these last couple months and when we saw what happened in Minneapolis and, and we saw what that triggered nationally, I, you were one of the voices that, that I want to hear from around all this because I want to understand how you view what has happened since the killing of George Floyd, the reaction within your community and and also the reaction in the broader community across America. You talk to so many people, you know, both in your congregation, but also national leaders, corporate leaders as well. And I wonder what you make of this time we're living in. Uh, it's like reliving a nightmare from the 60s, being my age. I saw the 60s and I saw this too. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's a movie I don't want to see again, but it's happening in real-time speed. The good side of it is more and more people of, that are not of color are taking up this issue. And that's a very heartening, encouraging thing to see. Uh, there has been some progress made. I call them cosmetic changes in terms of statues being removed. I'm not talking about violently so, but legally so. And I'm also hardened by the fact that there have been uh, CEOs and corporations who have worked hard to correct some of the situations that existed uh, as it relates to the Confederate flag and and, 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 and Jemima Serp and things like that. But those are all cosmetic changes. They're nice, they're important, but they're cosmetic changes. The cancer that we still have still exists. Uh, uh, and I think that we have to work very hard uh, to to resolve some of the issues in the criminal justice system. We have to work very hard to get a national database set up for police officers who have had uh, problems in other precincts so that we don't make the mistake of the Catholic Church and move them from uh, precinct to precinct like they move them from parish to parish. Uh, If we listen at history, we would learn quickly that we have to do things differently than what we've done before. Uh, and I, I think that there's a lot to be done in terms of uh, the way the laws are as it relates to uh, immunity right now for police officers and how we correct that sort of thing. That's the deeper cancer issue that needs to be corrected. We have to look at our communities as well, at job opportunities and training and retraining people to create uh, opportunities. Well, that is something, Jason, and I have had some, a lot of conversations around Bishop Jakes about that ultimately these inequalities, they start really early on for individuals. It's a poverty issue, you know, and that 
we've got to figure out how to change that in our system so that everyone truly has the same access to opportunity. And that means, you know, from the minute you're born. And so how do we how do we really change that? We keep talking about better education. Well, we've spent a lot of money on education, yet here we are. So how do we really tackle that that problem that starts from, in many cases, from the minute somebody's born? And it depends on where you're born and the color of your skin. We, we've spent a lot of money on education, and we've made some inroads in terms of education, but we've got people that are educated flipping hamburgers right now. Right. We've got to create opportunities, and we've got the whole our corporations accountable to uh, diversity and inclusion on every level, not just entry-level positions. We need people in high-ranking positions that are as diverse as our country is. We need that in our government. We need that everywhere so that when we sit down at the table to make decisions, uh, the people who are making decisions look like the people who are going to have to live with those decisions, and that's just a wise way of leadership and government and going forward. I think we also have to look at how our cities are constructed because they were not constructed in a way to provide commerce into uh, certain areas and certain sectors are designed in such a way, the highways constructed in such a way that business doesn't creep down into those cities. It's been proven statistically that low-income housing grouped together does not work, and yet we continue down that path rather than mixed-income housing. And I think some of it is an economic issue. Some of it is an education issue. But you can be educated and you can be wealthy and you can still be shot down by by police brutality. So it's not all education and it's not all uh, economics. It's it's really a total reform of our system. And I think it's starting to happen. Uh, It just needs to continue to happen. And I'm worried that the conversation gets sidetracked by the vigilantes who take the message into their own hands and misrepresent the heart of what we're trying to do in our country. Well, and Bishop Jakes, I do want to take you back a little bit to some of those conversations you're having with corporate leaders because the vast, vast majority of them are clearly white guys. And and that does seem to be, you know, part of the issue that, that you and others, and, and we've had many people on this show talk about that. How do we sort of affect change, whether it's in the boardroom or at the top executive levels? Are you having those conversations? What advice are you giving companies to start to make that tangible change in leadership levels? They have to be intentional about it. I mean, slavery was intentional. Jim Crow was intentional. Inclusion has to be intentional. It has to be intentional and it has to be comprehensive. And uh, it's not just going to happen organically. We have to be intentional and go out and recruit and recognize that our companies do not reflect our country. And uh, they have to be very, very intentional about that. And I think where they are having difficulties working together to find people, they have to work with other organizations, churches, the NAACP, people who are on ground level zero with black and brown people who do have degrees and qualifications and are finding it very difficult to climb the corporate ladder. Those things, I think, have to happen. But beyond that, we have to have something for that blue-collar worker. Hmm. From the industrial age to technology, we lost a lot of uh, middle-income people in our communities, and we have not rehabilitated that. And that can be fixed. We need roads. We need uh, new infrastructure in our city. There's so many, and and all over the country, there are so many blue-collar jobs that need to be done that are underfunded that we're not getting taken care of that we really could fix this problem without being gratuitous. We have legitimate needs 
that need to be taken care of that would create upward mobility for all people who uh, may not be degreed but need to be gainfully employed. So where would you start? Oh, gosh, I think everybody has to start where they are. I think it has to be a comprehensive effort. Some of it is, is legislation. Some of it is CEOs sitting down and talking outside of their own circles for a while. I have been saying, and that's why I started our foundation, so that we could have conversations and so that we could be a conduit to connect corporations with qualified people, whether they're entry-level people, returning citizens, or whether they are upward, upwardly mobile uh, into higher echelons in the organization. We have access to all of those people. Out of the 30 million or so people that, that interact with us on a day-to-day basis between social media and television, we, we want to be a bridge to help those things to come to pass. That's why we just did our STEAM program. During the summer, we had 5,000 young people to sign up for our STEAM program. It was wildly successful. We're going to, we partnered with Microsoft and Texas Instruments uh, to get that done. We're going to go further with that program. We're adding a dynamic for uh, police with the Dallas Police Department to work with uh, our STEAM program. The Dallas Symphony Orchestra is working with us. If this is a time for collaboration, where what I'm saying is we need to collaborate uh, with the multi-pronged approach that includes mm-hmm. faith leaders because faith leaders are the gateway to our community. But they also need to include CEOs, elected officials, and community leaders. And I think if the four groups sit down at the table, we can lift it up to a level playing field. So, Bishop Jakes, before we let you go, only got about a minute left. What do we do as individuals, just regular old people, you know, just trying to do the right thing and and be better amid all this? I I think we have to have the courage to talk to people who are different than us. Mm-hmm. and who don't see the world the way we do. And I think that's something that everybody can do. I think we have to hold our elected officials accountable, too, that they have an agenda that includes uh, underserved communities. And we have to make that a priority in this election. And anybody who doesn't have a strong agenda and a feasible plan in place that addresses this issue, we should not consider them an eligible candidate. There are other issues, too, but this also has to be on the table as well. But what we can start doing is not allowing the news to tell us about each other, but actually have conversations with people from different walks of life Mm -hmm. and become involved on a one-on-one basis. Well, we really appreciate you spending some time with us. A real pleasure for us. Thank you so much. Bishop T.D. Jakes, chairman of the T.D. Jakes Foundation, joining us on the phone from Dallas. Uh, Always learn something from him.